0: Welcome to Soul Rio, a church where God is made center, families made stronger and lives restored. Today's sermon is entitled Journey: Empty Religion, presented by Pastor Floyd Silva on March 10th, 2019.
1: Yay! So did we save some daylight this morning or did we lose some daylight this morning? A little hard to kind of judge on that one, right? Now, I don't know about you guys, but I love this time of year as we kind of have the longer days, the sunshine, and, and just uh, the reminders that uh, we, we uh, get to experience God's mercies new each and, and every single day. The, the heavens declare His glory. And so I, I hope you're as excited about uh, what God's doing right now in your life and in the lives of those around us as i am <clears throat> so we're going to continue on a journey uh, so if you would grab your bibles open up to the book of jeremiah again we're going on a journey of faith through uh, looking at the life of the prophet jeremiah we're going to be in chapter 7 this morning and uh, we're going to kind of look at that but as we continue on this journey of faith i, I just kind of wanted to talk to a, uh, together as a church about about our religion Uh, We we use that term religion, we hear it a lot in our community, Uh, we we, uh, talk about it in some ways as Christians, you know, we talk about having a religion, that uh, this is our religion, this is our faith and what we believe in. Uh, you hear it said uh, in the community a lot. Um, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but uh, about 75, a little over 75 percent of Americans uh, profess a faith, a religion, um, a faith in in some kind of Christian religion, and that that includes from Catholics to to Christians to to Mormons, um, any anybody who believes or professes a Christian faith. So there's there's a lot of us out there that proclaim a religion. What, what we have in our culture today really is, is something really unique to our time. Not necessarily unique to times, but it's unique to our time because um, as we talk and think about religion, I don't think we always understand what it means to have a biblical mindset of religion. I think at times what, what we face in our culture and what we see in our culture is what, what I've titled the message today is, is an empty religion. You know, uh, we, we go and we, we do church, we, we come together and we hang out and we do things on Sunday mornings, but, but our lives aren't really a reflection of the religion that we follow. Our lives aren't really a reflection of, of what the Bible says is true biblical religion. It's more a reflection of our culture, more a reflection of, of kind of what we see happening around us, what other people are doing, regardless of, of what we think is maybe uh, good or, or bad or, or what we've decided is, is right morally. Um, we will we'll usually, even as Christians, uh, usually kind of move towards a more of a world view in regards to that. It's, it's an empty religion. And I, and I use that term, I know it sounds kind of like a harsh term, but I, I use that term because what, what we're going to read today in, in, in the prophet Jeremiah, what he shares with us today, comes directly from God. See, these are God's words to his church. God's words to you and I as we profess a faith, as we, as we wrestle through the dynamic of our religion and our beliefs, See, he comes to the prophet Jeremiah. And it's interesting to see, if you, if you look from chapter two, we, uh, chapter one, we saw his call on Jeremiah's life and, and the things that he's, he's doing. And then, then you move from chapter one into chapter two, three, four, five, and six. And then we're going to get to seven here in just a moment. But what you see here, as, as God moves from the call, he moves to his focus on his people. See, what's interesting is, is, is you read God's Word, as you look from beginning to end, from Genesis to Revelation, God is always addressing you and I. He is always helping us to, to understand what it means to have a fulfilled religion, a full aspect of an understanding of what it means to use that term, religion. And what's interesting to me, as you read through these passages, as you look at, at this, this story that's being unfolded of God's grace and, and God's love for his people, this pursuit of you and I, God says some, some pretty powerful things in his passages. I want you to look at, at Jeremiah chapter 4 and listen to what God says here. See, he says in verse 18, chapter 4, he says, Your ways and your deeds have brought this upon you. This is your doom and it is bitter. It has reached your very heart. See, God's people have turned their hearts away from God. Now they profess a faith, they profess a belief, but God is helping us to see that that there's a heart issue going on. There's something going on in our hearts that is affecting our worship. And then God gives Jeremiah this vision in the same chapter 4, verse 26. He says, I looked and behold, the fruitful land was a desert and all its cities were laid in ruin before the Lord, before his fierce anger. So I think that there's something that, that's really important for us to understand here before we get into our main passage. I, I think it's important for you and I to understand that, that when we're, we're not living this religion, when we're not living in this faith, when we're not doing the things that we proclaim on Sunday mornings, see what God does in his, in his sincere love for you and I, he chastises us. He corrects us. He gets our attention. And sometimes, sometimes, God has to do it in a very bold way. Sometimes God has to kind of rock our worlds, if you will, change our minds, if you will, show us what, what is coming if we continue down this path. And like I, like I said last week, sometimes God does this to show us His grace. See, because I truly believe that that in the toughest moments of life, in the the hardest things that we hear from God, the things that he tells us that maybe we're not doing right, grace is revealed. See, God isn't telling this to his people as he calls them all of these things in the previous chapters to, to hurt them or to harm them. But God is doing this because of his love for them. See, it's no different than than with our children, right? You know, your kid sticks his finger in the socket. Do you let him just keep doing that? No. No, you help him to understand that, hey, you know what? Look, you see the consequence of your deeds. Now now let me show you something better. Let me show you something different. And don't go back to that. Don't don't move away from me and, and your trust for me, but come back to the things that I have for you and the life that I've created for you. And see, just like for our kids, that's us showing them grace. That's us offering them hope and a better life. God does the same thing for you and I. So I think there's a, a couple things that we should understand before we move into our main passage. And and one is that simply that God is addressing you and I. God is talking to the church. So when we read these passages, we have to hear it that it's God's audible voice speaking to us as the church, as the body of Christ. And two, we have to realize that that every person in this room, you and I, everyone that we know, will have to give an account for the life that they've lived. See, You can live with with empty religion. You can come to the temple courts to worship God and you can can lift your hands in praise. You can do a lot of things in that hour, a lot of time that we we put aside every Sunday morning. But the question that we have to ask ourselves is how is our religion? Is it something that we just do half-heartedly on Sunday mornings to kind of check off a box? To say, hey, yeah, you know what? I did church last Sunday. It was good. I left there feeling good. Or or is this a lifestyle? See, I think that's what God's getting to here in chapter 7. He's saying, I want this to be a lifestyle. I I want this to be a relationship, a deep religion that, that is full of who I am. See, because one day we'll sit in the presence of God. One day, you and I will bow before Jesus Christ. And we'll have to give an account to how we lived. And I I can't say, well, well, Jesus, you know, my wife, she made me do it. It's her fault. (laughs) My kids, you know, because they didn't do what I told them to do. It's their fault. See, not only is, is God's grace for me personally, but God's chastisement is for me personally. God's word is for me personally. All the things that we read as this prophet Jeremiah shares with us these visions from God and these words from God, it's all for me personally. And so my hope this morning as we kind of wrestle and struggle through the aspect of religion is that that we would move towards a deeper faith. Faith that we would take a step of faith, understanding that because of God's grace, through the cross and through his love and through Jesus Christ, that you and I have a hope for the future. See, we're going to talk about this a little bit later, the plans that God has for us, the hope that he's given us for a future. But it does, it it comes at a cost. We, We have to turn our lives towards him See, this grace, this cross, it, it turns all our wrongs into right. See, it, it helps, helps God, it, it, it helps us, excuse me, it helps us move towards a deeper love for our Savior. And really, that's the heart of everything that we read in God's word. See, God has a deep love for us and a deep affection for us that he's willing to pursue us, chastise us, move us, tweak us, judge us, show us, and it's all because of his love, all because of his grace, because he he never wants to leave us where we're at. He always wants to move us towards a deeper love with him. Well, let's pray together, and then let's draw near to God through reading his word. Father, Lord God, we, we come into your holy presence, for you are a holy God, And we come in the precious name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, our Savior, the way, the truth, and the life. Father, your your words are harsh, and they're hard to hear. They they bring about a a fear and maybe even an anxiety in our hearts that that is just so uncomfortable at times. Father, I say thank you for that. I come into your presence and I say thank you for, for making us feel uncomfortable. Thank you, thank you for loving us so much that, that you're, you're willing to, to tell us these things and to show us these things. Father, because I know that it is in your grace that you do these things. It is because of your love and, and the hope that you have for your people that you share these things with us, that you don't ever leave us alone that you constantly pursue us. And Father, we know that that at the cross we find forgiveness. So no matter what we bring here today into your court, no matter what we carry today, no matter what burden we bear, no matter what hurt or pain that we feel, Father, there is comfort in you. There is a life that is everlasting. And so today, Father, our prayer is that that we would move away from from this empty religion and find a deep, fulfilling love. A love that, that just changes us and draws us deeper in love with you. Lord, we love you and we thank you for these moments. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, in Jeremiah chapter 7, verses 1 through 11. The prophet says, The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord, stand in the gate of the Lord's house and proclaim there this word, and say, hear the word of the Lord, all you men of Judah who enter these gates to worship the Lord. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, amend your ways and your deeds, and I will let you dwell in this place. Do not trust in these deceptive words. This is the temple of the Lord. This is the temple of the Lord. The temple of the Lord. For if you truly amend your ways and your deeds, if you truly execute justice one with another, if you do not oppress the sojourner, the fatherless or the widow, or shed innocent blood in this place, and if you do not go after other gods to your own harm, then I will let you dwell in this place, in the land that I gave to of old to your fathers forever. Behold, you trust in deceptive words to no avail. Will you still murder, commit adultery, swear falsely, make offering to Baal, and go after other gods that you have not known? And then come and stand before me in this house, which is called by my name, and say, we are delivered. Only to go on doing all these abominations... Has this house, which is called by my name, become a den of robbers in your eyes? Behold, I myself have seen it, declares the Lord. See, the picture that we see here is that of empty religion. It's that of those who proclaim the name of God, but live as if they have never have met him. See, the religion is an empty one, and their lives dishonor God. So the question that is before you and I this morning is, how do we honor God? See, we can look at this passage and we can learn from the past to help change our future. And we honor God by changing how we live. Verses 3 and 4, he says, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel. He says, Amend your ways and your deeds and I will let you dwell in this place. Do not trust in these deceptive words, this is the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord. See, God isn't just asking us to change our ways. God is commanding us to change our ways. God wants us to live the life that he created us to live. And religion, by definition, is us as God's people living out certain behaviors, practices, And morals. And those behaviors, those practices, and those morals are all a reflection of who He is. See, if our morals and our practices and our behaviors, if our religion reflects the world, then it is just an empty religion. It's not a biblical understanding of who God is. See, to call ourselves Christian, we must live as Christ lived. This means we don't just seek to say we are the church, but we seek to become and be the church, the body of Christ. I mean, think about the body. Think about your body and how it functions, and how important each piece of it is as a whole. See, this is the picture that God has given us that every person is important, every part of the body is important. And when it functions together, there's this beauty, this thing that is revealed that we call Jesus Christ. This beautiful grace, this hope for a future. And when we do that, when we live this way, others see it, others take notice. And I'll have to tell you this morning, I'll have to tell you, when when you amend your ways, when you change your ways and, and you become more like Christ. There will be some that, that, that praise the heavens for. There will be some that move away from their deeds and seek to follow you as you follow Jesus. But I will also tell you that there will be others that will come against you. There will be others in your family, maybe your children, maybe your brothers, maybe your sisters, maybe your parents, co workers. They're going to come against you. And I, and I think as, 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 a, as a human, as, as a person, I think that's where our struggle comes from in the aspect of honoring God with our lives on a daily basis. We can come here and we can feel very comfortable lifting our hands, getting on our knees and praying and worshiping and saying, Jesus, we love you. But when we go to work, when we hang out with our family and our friends, we, we don't always feel as comfortable doing that proclaiming the name of Jesus and I know we're human I'm just as human as you are <laughs> yeah. I bleed just like anybody else I understand that but what the beauty of all of that and the understanding that we have of our humanity is that we see the God of heaven come down into flesh right we see that Jesus came and he lived and he suffered, and he did all the things that he's asking us to do. And what happened for him is no different than what's going to happen for you and I. See, Jesus proclaimed the name of God. He proclaimed to be God. And when he did that, his family turned on him. His friends turned on him. The community turned on him. And there were some that followed as he followed, as he seeked to honor God. There were some that followed after. And there were others that pushed him away. There were others that that sought to kill him and destroy him and to hurt him. And just like Jesus says in the Gospels, why would we be surprised that the same wouldn't happen to us? So the question is, how do we amend our ways and change our deeds? Well, the only way that this can happen is by moving in faith towards a deeper love for Jesus Christ. Jesus himself says in John 14, verses 15 through 17, he says, if you love me, you will keep my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him. Do hear that? You know him. For he dwells with you and will be with you. See, our desire to change is rooted in the love that we have for Jesus. And it comes by the power of God's Spirit. It's only in him that we can bear the fruit of righteousness. It's only because of Jesus that we have the power to amend our ways. You know, changed lives change lives, right? If we want change in the world today... We have to be changed. We have to be the change. Ephesians four twenty two through 24 says, Put off your old self which belongs to your former manner of life. It is corrupt through deceitful desires and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. I'd encourage you to underline that verse. The new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness, true religion, true faith. See, this is the process that we call sanctification. And we all know that that we don't come to God in our perfection because not a one of us are perfect. Perfect. But the dynamic here that we see is that it's you and I submitting to the perfect will of God and through His grace, through His mercy, He shows us our sin. He reveals to us the errors of our ways and He helps us to amend our deeds, to change our lives and go from the old self to the new way of living, which is more a reflection of who He is than who the world is. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, And we all, with unveiled faith, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. I want to ask us this morning, are we ready to move from an empty religion to a deeper faith that creates a desire to honor God? And it has to do with more than just saying yes. It has to do with more than just our words. See, our deeds, our actions, our lives have to reflect this on a daily basis. Well, if we're ready then, then we need to honor God by trusting his word. And I I think, you know, the words are easy to say. But I think trusting God's word is the hard part. I've challenged our pastors, before I read these next couple of verses, i challenge challenged our pastors here in the church, and you can help them stay accountable. I, I've challenged our pastors just to, to ask God, what is one area of my life that you would want me to change? And, and when you find that area, ask God to help you move towards that change. And, I, and I, I think that's important for us to do as a people on an ongoing basis because sometimes we want to eat the whole elephant, right? Sometimes we want to, we want to just fix everything right away about the things that we see or God revealed to us in our lives. But, but God is patient. God is kind. God is, God is merciful. And He understands our humanity. He understands that, 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 that we're a work in progress. And we'll see that later on in Jeremiah because Pastor Jeff's going to share a message with us about being changed. I'm putting the pressure on him, by the way. (laughs) If you didn't notice that. See, he's the potter and we are the clay. He's he's transforming us, right? He's changing us. But, But I offer that to you this morning because the power to change comes through the power of the Holy Spirit. The power to change does not come By our own power. The flesh is weak. But the spirit is strong. So listen to what he says here in verse 8 through 10. He says, Behold, you you trust in deceptive words to no avail. See, we're letting the world kind of shape us in our religion. We're letting the world around us confuse us and deceive us. And in verse 9 he says, Will you still murder, commit adultery, Swear falsely, make offerings to Baal, and go after other gods that you have not known? And then come and stand before me in this house which is called by my name and say, We are delivered, only to go on doing all these abominations? What is that one thing in your life? You may not see yourself as a thief. You, you may not see yourself as, as the sexually impure. You may not see yourself as, as, as one of these things. But, but I, I could almost guarantee, and I, I'm not a judger of hearts, only my own, only God is, but, but I understand humanity, and I know my own heart, and I know I'm the biggest sinner that I know. And I know there's moments in my life that I go after other gods, I know there's, there's days in my life that I seek to please self. I seek to please others more than I seek to please and honor God. And then on Sunday mornings I come and proclaim. As if nothing ever happened. And don't get me wrong here. God's grace is sufficient. But in order to have grace, you have to receive it. In order to... To know grace, you have to turn to it. And that's what God is saying. He's saying, Turn to me. See, because the heart of what God wants us to know is that it's all about the heart. See, He knows if our worship is authentic, He, He knows our hearts. He knows if we come half hearted into His presence. See, we may be able to fool ourselves, but we'll never be able to fool God. And I I think this is what Judah, the Israelites, were trying to do. I think they were trying to fool God. They were coming into the temple where they saw that that God dwelled. And they didn't realize that God saw their everyday lives. I think sometimes we do that in our own foolishness. Jeremiah 7, 23 says this. He says, but this command I give them, obey my voice and I will be your God and you shall be my people. Obey my voice and I will be your God and you shall be my people. And walk in all the way that I have commanded you that it may be well with you. Walk in the way that God asks you to walk. Live the life he created for you. Move away from anything that is in opposition to the truth of his word. Be honest with yourself and be honest with God. See, if your Monday through Saturday Saturday doesn't look like your Sunday, then I'd encourage you. I'd encourage you to take a step of faith and worship the God that created you for every day, for every moment and for every minute. Let your life be one that others would want to follow themselves Matthew five fourteen through 16 Jesus says this he says you are the light of the world a city set on a hill cannot be hidden nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket but on a stand and it gives light to all in the house in the same way let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to who your father who is in heaven See, that's an interesting dynamic. And I, and I believe this passage is reflective of what God is saying here to us. See, we come on Sunday mornings. And I'm, I'm not knocking Sunday mornings. But, but we come and, and, and we get fired up. We get, we get encouraged. We're, we're reminded of all the goodness and grace of God. And then, for whatever reason, for whatever excuse we can find, we go into Monday and we, for whatever reason, feel like we need to cover that light. And I, I don't know about you guys, but my heart breaks for the world we live in today. When, when I look around and, and understand the dynamic that 75% of our country has a faith in Jesus Christ or a belief in Jesus Christ, yet, yet our laws... Yet our culture, yet everything that we see out in the world does not reflect that at all. See, Jeremiah is telling us something very specific. That that if we don't change our ways, if we don't begin to be the light in our city, if we don't as individuals, remember it's personal, it's me, it's not not Floyd or, or John or Ted or... Or Sheila, it's Floyd. If Floyd doesn't keep that light lit, then there'll be darkness in our land. And the more lights that shine, the brighter our land will be. See, it's up to you to be that light. God has set you like a city on a hill and your faith can't be hidden. And when people see your good works, they will give glory to the Father who is in heaven. That's a promise. Do you see that? That's a promise for you and I as believers. Well, I want to leave us with this last passage as we close. 1 John chapter 2, and, and I put in your notes there, I want to encourage you, if you're kind of struggling, well, how do I live for God? How, how do I trust His words? I want you to just this week, maybe every day or one day at least, read 1 John chapter 2. It helps us to see how, as Christians, we should, we should live. But he says this in verses 4 through 6. He says, Whoever says, I know him, but does not keep his commandments, is a liar. See, I'm not calling you a liar this morning. I'll leave that to God and you. But if you're not living by his commandments, I think you need to take a time some time this week or today and get before God. And he says, and the truth is not in him, but whoever keeps his word in him, truly the love of God is what? Perfected. See that? See the change that happens by obeying God's commands? Do you see the difference that is being made? That truly God's love will be perfected? He says, By this we may know that we are in him, and whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. That's Jesus. See, to answer our question, religion, behaviors, practices, morals, how do I honor God? Well, the answer is always Jesus. It's a deeper love for our Savior. Jesus lays it out very clearly for you and I as believers. Everything that we read in the Old Testament moves us towards the coming Savior. Everything that that we see happen in the New Testament is a reflection of who God created us to be, and that is Jesus Christ. And I used to tell my kids this all the time. If you don't know the answer, just know the answer is always Jesus. See, because Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. And whoever comes to me can only come to the Father through me. So I would encourage us this morning as we go away from here, wherever you are in your journey, whatever God's doing in your life right now, just simply, simply seek to grow deeper in love with Jesus. Get to know him. Listen for his voice. Seek after a deeper love love for Jesus Christ because when you do that your religion will change see your life your religion will reflect the behaviors of Jesus Christ the practices and the morals of Jesus Christ and we do this because God wants our worship God wants all of us he doesn't want half-hearted believers the Bible's very clear there's one or the other way. One road. Not a wide road, but a narrow road. And we have to choose that road. We have to be fully committed. I'm going to pray for us this morning because I believe as, as the church, as the body of Christ, in the days ahead, we're going to face a lot, lot, lot of tough things. A lot, lot of tough decisions in the world around us. We're going to see a lot happen in our world today that will probably kind of scare us. But, but I want to pray for us because, not because we have a spirit of fear, but because we have a spirit of hope. And I want to remind us that as we bow and we get into the presence of God, we know what the end is. See, God has shown us the future. We know that there is victory in Jesus. And I want to encourage you to go away from here hopeful. Go and and live each day in the hope of Jesus Christ. No matter what goes on in your world, no matter the circumstance that you'll face, no matter what you'll deal with, no matter the frustrations that you see on Facebook or the internet, trust and believe that the God that we worship is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And as his word says, he will be with us. To the very end. Let's pray. Father, we come before you and we thank you for your word. And some of this this morning might be a, a little chastisement for us, Father. Some of this may have been uh, just kind of spoken to us in the aspect of um, we're a little offended, Father. We're, we're a little offended by what you've had to say this morning. But Father, I say thank you for that. I think we need to be offended. Father, because in that offense, if we open our eyes and we open our hearts to you, Father, we find grace. We find hope. We find eternal life. Father, Jesus came. You sent him to die on a cross. You sent him with a, a very specific purpose. He modeled a way of living that is contrary to this world and what the world says in how we should live. Father, this morning we want to be more like Jesus. Father, today we want to take your words and let them just penetrate our hearts so that we honor you with our lives. So that we honor you by by trusting and believing in your word. Father, that that we would have a faith, even though we don't know what tomorrow will bring, even though we don't understand what, what the current world situation is going to bring in the days to come father your word tells us that we have victory and that victory comes through Jesus and so father today we we follow you we make the decision to follow you trust in you and believe in you father speak to our hearts father again I don't know the hearts of those around me father but I do know that you love them father I do know that you love me Father, I do know that there is grace and your mercies are new each and every day. Father, so we trust and we believe. And Father, we thank you for your love for us. We thank you that you never let go, that you'll never give up. Father, thank you for chastising us this morning. Thank you for tugging at our hearts. Father, I pray that we would listen. I pray that we would be obedient and that we would choose today to follow. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Thank you for listening, and we pray you were blessed by today's message. You are invited to worship with us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. For directions and information about Soul Rio and our weekly events, please visit our website at soulrio.com. You may also contact us by phone at area code 505-792-8737. Or email us at info at soulrio.com. At Soul Rio, we're a community of followers of Jesus Christ, committed to live by faith, to be known by love, and to be a voice of hope to our community. We invite you to go with us on this journey.